This episode is supported by Earn In. Life doesn't happen bi-weekly, so why should payday? The money you earn now can be in your hands today with Earn In. Earn In is an app that gives you access to your pay as you work, up to $100 per day or up to $750 per pay period. Super, super easy to use. You just download the Earn In app and verify your paycheck. Then you can access up to $100 a day as you work and leave an optional tip. So the app is free. You can leave a tip if you want. Any money you access plus tips are automatically repaid from your next paycheck. So here's the thing. Sometimes getting close to your next paycheck, next pay period, and you realize, oh gosh, like paycheck doesn't come until next Friday, but we have this event that we need to attend this weekend and we need money for it. Or we have to buy a gift for someone. Or, oh my gosh, like my kid tore through their shoes and now we have to buy new shoes this weekend and the money's not in the bank yet. So Earning can help you access the money you've already earned at work by giving you this little bit of money in advance. So make Earnin part of your financial routine and join Earnin's over three and a half million customers who say things like, when I think about Earnin, I think about financial stability and security, and it gives me a lot of peace of mind. So for our listeners, all you need to do is download Earn In today. It's spelled E-A-R-N-I-N, and you can download it in Google Play or the Apple App Store. When you download the Earn In app, type in Shameless Mom under podcast when you sign up. So there'll be a little place where you can, where it says, what podcast did you hear about them on? Type in Shameless Mom under podcast. This helps to show support for our show and our advertisers. Earn In is a financial technology company, not a bank, and subject to your available earnings, daily max, pay period max, and location. See earnin.com slash TOS for details. Bank products are issued by Evolve Bank and Trust member FDIC. This is the Shameless Mom Academy, episode 154 with Donna Skoglund. Show notes for this episode can be found by going to shamelessmom.com and clicking on episode 154. Welcome to the Shameless Mom Academy. I'm your host, Sarah Dean, and I'm here to give you and other passionate, dedicated moms the tools you need to bridge the gap between motherhood and living the life of your dreams. I'm also here to help you be a little more shameless every day, because if you aren't building a life you're extraordinarily proud of, what kind of legacy are you building? So let's dive in. Before we dive into this episode with Donna Skoglund, I do want to remind you that you can interact with me on a deeper, more personal level if you go to shamelessmom.com and click on the work with me page. There's multiple opportunities to connect with me outside of the podcast on that page. We just put it up recently and I've been getting lots of great feedback and responses in terms of people who want to work with me doing one-on-one coaching, people who want to be a part of my next Shameless Mom Mastermind, people who want to have me come out and do speaking events. So there's all sorts of different ways for us to work together if you go over to shamelessmom.com and click on the work with me link up in the top of the page. I can't wait to connect with you there and I can't wait to serve you in a new and more personal way through that page. So definitely go check out those opportunities as soon as you have a chance. And now let's get into today's episode. Donna Skoglund is a certified yoga health coach, a yoga teacher, and a mother of two rambunctious little boys. She's been studying yoga since 2000 and teaching since 2004. Eventually, her desire to take her health and well-being into her own hands and to learn how to keep her family healthy led her to Ayurveda in 2011. After implementing the daily routine of Ayurveda and noticing the profound impact it had on her health and happiness, Donna began coaching her clients to use these better body habits in 2013. She aims to inspire others about the importance of healthy habits in crafting the life of their dreams. She's deeply passionate about travel, adventure, learning, and movement of any kind, and the arts. This was a super interesting conversation. I learned so much about myself. You'll actually hear me multiple times picking Donna's brain on a personal level where I'm like, ooh, tell me more about that. How does that pertain to me? So Donna shares a ton about Ayurveda, which is really enlightening and will make you eager to implement some simple new habits. You will also get some great insights into your own life and just into some like some of your own personality traits. That's what I really took away from this. So this was a really great episode packed with helpful hints and powerful insights. You're going to want to take some notes. So listen in to hear Donna share what is your dosha and why is it important to understand it? How following the cycle of the sun aids in your digestion and improves your health? How you can make simple changes to honor the cycle of the sun? How you can change the way you use time and how to exercise to create time? how to change your habits without feeling overwhelmed, and five ways to dramatically improve your sleep. So like I said, lots of good stuff in here. So let's go ahead and dive in with Donna Skoglund. 
Donna Skoglin, welcome to the Shameless Mom Academy. I'm so excited to have you here today. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited. I'm honored to be here. Well, this will be fun because you come from a place of probably a lot of calm and peace and intentional thought and that's what I want more of in my life. <laughs> so, and I think that all moms we can want more. Always of that. use more. Yeah, <laughs> yes. exactly. Even looking at your website, I was like, "Oh, this just looks so peaceful and like <laughs> rainbows and unicorns." <laughs> so, so oh, I'm excited. I, yeah. I'm very excited Try. to dive in. <laughs> so, tell us a little more about the dynamics of your personal and professional life beyond your bio, and what are you most excited about right now? So I'm a yoga teacher, so I teach about only about four yoga classes a week, but really what most of my focus is in yoga health coaching. And so what yoga health coaching is, it's coaching people into the habits of Ayurveda, which is yoga's sister science, mm -hmm. and incorporating some of the yoga teachings and philosophy so that, yeah, so we can get more of that calm and ease. So I would say the thing I'm most excited about right now as I'm really preparing for the fall because in the fall I have a whole bunch of courses that are starting then and I have a retreat and so I'm trying to right now navigate the kids home for summer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you know, they have a few camps here and there, but for the most part I have a lot less time to work. So I'm just trying to, you know, stay on top of things, stay organized and really plan for the fall when my schedule will really fill up. Yeah. So is it hard yeah. for you to be in the moment with your kids when you're planning so many exciting business things for the fall? Well, I learned pretty quickly that I cannot attempt to do work when my kids are around. Like, it just doesn't work for me. How old are they? They're six and eight. Okay. So I had that realization several years ago when I was trying to do that with, you know, <laughs> when my, my youngest was still at home and I was trying to get work done and be on my computer. But of oh. course he needed me every five minutes and needed something or would find something to ask me for. Right. right. Totally. <laughs> if they see that you're focusing and they see that you're trying to get work done, that's when they really interrupt the yes. most I found. <laughs> totally. Totally. I agree. I, yeah. thought I had this lofty idea that I could work from home and not have my child in childcare. And it lasted no. for like two months. So. Yeah. It doesn't work. <laughs> yeah. It's, I ended up getting, at least for me, I just got really snippy and frustrated and short-tempered and impatient, and yeah. I just didn't want to be that way. So I really learned to, you know, I put my child in a little bit of childcare, and that taught me to focus on, you know, during that time, because time was so precious. Like, I just had a couple hours a day, and I right. would just put my nose down and no distractions. And I was actually able to get a lot done. Right. Yeah. It's interesting because when you are trying to be in two mindsets under one roof with a child underfoot, yeah, you serve both positions so poorly. Like yeah. you're not the mom you want to be, but you're also not the yeah. business person you want to be. And in your work, I would think especially, and I would have this too, like trying to be super inspirational on a podcast when you're really annoyed with your kid. Like I yeah, can't, you can't, work. you can't fake <laughs> no. it. <laughs> no, not at all. You're so right. It really doesn't work. And you know, that's such a struggle with working moms or moms that are trying to build their own entrepreneurial moms, especially when they are, you know, usually working from home and trying to find time to do what they want to do, but then also having, you know, kids around. And then there's the guilt of you know, getting childcare or putting your kid in some, you know, preschool or whatever. So I think we really have to get over that because that was for me the big thing. Cause when I've had my first kid, I was really frustrated with the fact that I just didn't have time to do what I really wanted to do. Mm -hmm. And I felt like my life had been taken away from me and time was not my own. And I was really unhappy and depressed and I felt like, you know, this is not the life that I wanted to be living. And although I wanted kids, I was like, I'm not enjoying this. Right. I still have passions. I still have things that I want to do and learn and work on. So it was hard though, because I think there's this idea before you have kids that you'll have kids and it's just going to be so fun that you'll just you know, <laughs> really go around magical. with a stroller. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's a, there's a lot, especially like in your third trimester of pregnancy, you just have like all these daydreams about how magical yeah, it's going to be. Totally. Yeah. And then exactly. it all comes crashing down on you. 
Totally. Yeah, exactly. I've talked about on the show before my experience in that first year. It took me that entire first year of really mourning my past life. Yeah. It took us two years to get pregnant and a lot of infertility stuff. So I felt like I should be really grateful for this, but I just kept waiting for things to quote unquote, go back to normal. And it took me a year to like really be okay with the fact that this is normal now. Like we're not going back and you don't get your old life back and you don't get to be for me, it felt like I didn't get to be the person in charge of my time. I was able to work around that and build that back in a new way eventually, but it took a really long time and it was hard. It was really hard. So true. Yeah. I went through something similar because I was living in New York when I had my first child and I love New York, but my husband's from a small town in BC. And once we had our first kid, you know, his whole family is in BC and his dad's business, his family business. And he was like, Oh, you know, I, I think we should go back there. And cause we were living in this tiny one bedroom apartment, like almost in the middle of Times Square and no wow. space. <laughs> and I was you know, busting my ass as a yoga teacher running around New York city. And you know, the, the quality of life was difficult once you have a kid. Mm-hmm. And so we decided to move here and I've grew up in Houston. So I've always lived in big cities. It's about a hundred thousand, 150,000 people here. And you're up near Vancouver, BC. Yeah. It's called Kelowna. Kelowna. It's like a four hour drive to Vancouver. Oh, it's not it's that close. Inland. Okay. I thought it was Yeah. Close. It looks close on the map, but there's <laughs> mountains in between. <laughs> Canada's really big. So like yeah, four hours exactly. is pretty close. <laughs> yeah, I know. So true. Yeah. So for me, it was morning the city life and mourning New York city itself and my life there, which was, it was never going to be the same. Like you said, you know, what I did before I had kids was just, you know, I couldn't walk around and go shopping and go out to restaurants and sit at coffee shops all day long that that just wasn't going to be my reality anyway. So, right. right. So let's, let's dive into Ayurveda a little bit and tell us what is Ayurveda and how did you get drawn into that? And what are the daily habits of yoga based on Ayurveda that can be really valuable to moms in creating more energy and more ease? Yeah. So Ayurveda is really when I was at that point where I was frustrated and I was unhappy in my life and trying to navigate this balance of being a new mom and being in a new place. And then also trying to still build my business, my yoga business, I just kind of stumbled upon Ayurveda through one of my yoga teachers. And because it's, you know, they come from the same yoga and Ayurveda come from the same ancient texts out of India. And so it's, it's considered to be the sister science or like the healthcare limb of yoga. And it's very much like a holistic healing science where it takes into account that the body, the mind, the spirit, it's all interconnected. So you know, how we feel spiritually or how we feel mentally is going to impact our physical health and, you know, vice versa. So the premise of Ayurveda is basically that everything in the universe, including us, is made up of the five elements of earth, water, fire, air, and space. And not like, not literally, obviously, those elements, but the energetic qualities of them. So, you know, you might have heard of doshas or what your constitution, like some people have more fire element, some people have more air, some people have more earth, and this is body type, this is personality tendencies, this is mental tendencies, behavioral tendencies, and so there's quizzes you can type in. I'm totally curious now. Yeah, 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 yeah. (laughs) I'm going to go test myself. Yeah, just talking to you, I think you're vata pitta. Oh, what is that? Of hearing your podcast, so I'm pitta vata. Okay. So you have the two, I don't know, anywhere usually two. And one is usually a little bit more dominant than the other. Okay. And we all have all of the elements and we all have all doshas. It's just in different degrees. So pitta people tend to, because so pitta is fire element. It's fire and a little bit of water. So if you just think of fire element, people with like fiery personalities, they tend to be leaders. They tend to be speakers. They have a sense of they're very goal oriented and they tend towards, I would say, you know, more like the type A people, which I am, or like controlling. How do you know? We, we've been on the phone together for 16 minutes and you know everything there is to know about me. Yeah, no, but it's so funny. It's like once you kind of understand how these energies work, show up, you really can, within a few minutes, notice like what people's constitutions are just based on, yeah, I mean, I haven't even seen you just through talking to you. So it's really cool. Yeah. 
Yeah. So yeah, you can basically what's, Google what's, what's my dosha. Vata? You have to tell me the rest now so because vata, I'm controlling. Yeah. You can't just leave me hanging. <laughs> you know, the good qualities of pitta is that, that you are driven and you are ambitious and you really can carry out goals. Like you can see things through. You have focus, you have direction. Vatas are kind of the opposite in that sense. So vata is air and space element. So air disperses, like the energy goes in all different directions. So people with a lot of air element, they might talk fast, they might move fast. <laughs> and what? They, yeah. <laughs> and they can be kind of scattered. They tend towards anxiety or fear. They can often like just have a whole bunch of different interests and kind of hop around from different ideas. Or they also like to travel or they might not like to even settle in one place. They will resist routine, so they don't really like, you know, having that regularity, although it's the best thing for them. They tend to be ungrounded, so you just think of air and space as the lightest of all the elements. They're more ungrounded and spacey, and, you know, these are all generalizations. And we might not fit all of these, like, you know, you might have some of these qualities, some pitta qualities, and then, you know, there's also body, it shows up in your body type, too, like... Vatas have more, you know, are, tend to be just thinner or taller or more, you know, frail. Pitta is more medium, so they usually have pretty good, like, muscle tone, medium build. And then kaphas, they're the earth and water, so they tend to be a little bit heavier, so denser, thicker, stockier. And then, you know, there's a whole bunch of different other characteristics, like physical characteristics that are connected with each one. So just to talk about kapha, even though... Neither of us have a lot of kapha, probably. <laughs> <laughs> Kaphas tend to be, you know, more grounded and they tend to be a little bit more set in their ways and they talk a little bit slower. They move a little bit slower. It's harder to get them going, actually, and get them motivated, but they're kind of like a train. Once you actually get them going, they're very regular and they don't stop. They stick to things and they, they're very loyal. Okay. So that's just this like my husband. Kind of a, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> slow and steady, and it makes traveling yeah. with him so hard. <laughs> yeah, it can be really frustrating for a pitta that's like, come on. Yes, I'm like 17 <laughs> steps ahead all the time. Yeah, but you know what? It's probably really good that you're married to one because he probably helps balance you yes. out. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And sometimes we will find that, that like we'll have a partner that is the opposite, Although in some cases, we'll actually like, like increases like, or like is often, you know, when we're out of balance, we'll attract more of what we're used to or what our tendencies are. So you got to go both ways. Oh my gosh. This is so fascinating. I feel like I just like got my horoscope read and like, yeah. my, and like, a met with a medium and yeah, totally. read my tarot I cards. And, and that's the thing. When you do the test, they usually give you like a little bit of a lowdown of all the different characteristics. And Wow. When I learned about mine, I was like, wow, like everything makes so much more sense. Yeah. And once you also know what your constitution is, you just own who you are. Because often sometimes we think we have to be a certain way or have these qualities that we just don't have. So it kind of gives us permission to be fully ourselves and to own our strengths and to also know what we need to do to balance out. Because you know, if we tend to be ungrounded, we know we need to actually do things that are more grounding so that we don't go so out of balance because there's, you know, the dosha when it's in balance, which has awesome characteristics like vatas tend to be really creative and really inspirational and have lots of great ideas. But, you know, again, when there's too much of the vata element, too much of the spaciness, too much air quality, which is, you know, too much movement, too much busyness, too much being you know, overscheduled. Mm -hmm. We tend towards anxiety and we tend towards overwhelm and stress right. and it is, you know, all the kind of negative qualities that come along with that. And the same with, you know, all of the elements. There's the positive things, which we want, you know, we want to have all those. And then it, when we're out of balance, there's the negative side. So pittas tend towards anger and they can be really sharp, like short with, mm -hmm. you know, impatient yeah. and their words, if you just think of like fire, their words kind of lash out at you. And so, yeah, I'm not like that at all. 
<laughs> I've actually gotten a lot better in the last five years. Motherhood awesome. has made me so much more patient. But yes. Yeah. But the things that like I, I'm able to stop the thoughts before they get to the tip of my tongue. But Great. The, the thoughts yeah. are still there. Totally. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The tendency is still there. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But we get better at yeah, <laughs> not so not actually reacting right. out loud, at least. So, yeah. This episode is supported by Active Skin Repair. Active Skin Repair is a skin health company helping people heal with natural, non-toxic, medical-grade ingredients. I just randomly... Vinny was having a toe skin irritation issue and he ended up having this like skin that was really irritating him and it was getting kind of like icky and you know like when kids start to get like little scabs and scratches and then they want to pick at it and it was getting worse and so active skin repair showed up on my doorstep as a result of the sponsorship and I got to put it to use immediately and I got the ointment formula or the like ointment formulation and then also the spray and the spray was perfect so Vinny does not like ointmenty creamy lotiony things on his body but I was able to get out the spray literally took it out of the packaging the day it arrived put it on his toe before he went to bed and the next morning he was like mom my toe's all better. It was literally like this super amazing cure that helped his toes so quickly. So you can use active skin repair on a wide range of skin issues, including cuts, scrapes, burns, sunburns, rashes, other types of skin damage. It's totally safe, non-toxic, suitable on all types of skin, even parts of the body where you might have rosacea or eczema or have acne prone skin. This is also safe for the youngest members of your family up to the oldest. So now you have one simple solution for your family's skin health needs. With over 500 thousand happy customers and thousands of five-star reviews and super safe and clean ingredients active skin repair is something that you want to have on hand for your family so to get your own active skin repair go to activeskinrepair.com to learn more about active skin repair and get 20 percent off your order when you use the code shameless that's activeskinrepair.com use the code shameless for 20 percent off your order activeskinrepair.com code shameless This episode is supported by AquaTrue. Having clean, safe water is the last thing you want to worry about. But unfortunately, according to extensive research by the Environmental Working Group, three out of four, yes, three out of four homes in America have harmful contaminants in their tap water. So that's why you got to check out AquaTrue. AquaTrue purifiers have a four-stage reverse osmosis purification process. And their countertop purifiers, which is what we have, take no installation or plumbing. And they remove 15 times more contaminants than ordinary pitcher filters they're specifically designed to combat chemicals like PFAS, which can lead to potentially adverse health effects like cancer, endocrine system disruption, and liver toxicity, which is part of what makes AquaTrue so special, unique, and important in terms of how they are able to filter water. They also have water purifiers to fit every type of home. So like the installation-free countertop purifier that we have at our house to higher capacity under sink options. They even have Wi-Fi connected purifiers and mineral boost options. So I'm so excited about our new AquaTrue. And here's the thing. I swear it's like a gentle reminder to actually drink more water every time you walk into your kitchen. So we are drinking more water now and also more clean water. So more water that is more clean. It feels like a double win. I'm feeling pretty impressed with us. I feel like sink water, tap water becomes invisible at a certain point. And when I see the purifier on my counter, it's like many time a day reminder to like, keep drinking, keep drinking. So I want you to check out AquaTrue for yourself and for your family. AquaTrue comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee and that makes it a great gift as well. Today, my listeners, can receive 20% off any AquaTrue purifier when you go to AquaTrue.com. That's A-Q-U-A-T-R-U.com and enter the code SHAMELESS at checkout. That's 20% off any AquaTrue purifier when you go to AquaTrue.com and use the code SHAMELESS, S-H-A-M-E-L-E-S-S, AquaTrue.com code SHAMELESS. Can people Google just like if they wanted to take a test to find out what they are, what's a good Yeah, I mean, there's a zillion tests. And usually the first few ones that pop up are the best ones. So if you just put what's my dosha, it's usually like the Chopra Center has one. Banyan Botanicals is a great website for Mm -hmm. Ayurvedic resources. And I like Life Spa as well. So and I recommend doing more than one test because I recommend actually doing like three tests because some there's just slightly different and just to make sure. And on one little tip, when you are taking the tests, take them with you know the whole course of your life in mind, not how you are right in this moment, because right now you're most likely out of balance because most of us are with just how our current lifestyle is. Like most of us are just 
overscheduled, too right. busy. And so most of us have a vata imbalance, even okay. no matter what the dosha is. Okay. So think of like how you were as a kid, how you were over the course of your life. That'll be more accurate. Okay. How do you spell dosha? <laughs> D, uh, yeah, D-O-S-H-A. Okay. Yeah. I was yeah. getting way fancier than that. <laughs> I yeah, was like E-A-U. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's super okay. easy. And so basically... I'll have that in the show notes. I'll find a couple links for people to take to yeah. the show notes. Yeah, definitely. And so basically how it relates to you know habits and our daily routine is that these different elements govern different times of the day. So if you just think of the sun is in the sky in the middle of the day, so that obviously would be the pitta time of day. And pitta is also, it's another word for bile. So that's when actually we have the most bile, which means that we have the most ability to digest the largest amount of foods, the heaviest foods, the fattiest, you know, most protein, most fat. So knowing that, that should be when we eat the main meal of the day, which is not what most people are doing. Most right. people are eating the main meal at the end of the day. Yeah. And what happens is that when the sun goes down, basically our bile production goes down. And by the end of the day, you know, once the sun is gone, we don't really have strong digestion. So we're loading a whole lot of food on a weak digestive system. And that food is not getting fully digested and completely digested. And what happens if, when it doesn't is that it literally like ends up being, and there's this word in Ayurveda called ama, A-M-A, which means uncooked. And it's literally like food that has not been digested. And this ends up being kind of like this residue that sticks around and sticks to the weaker organs in our body. And again, depending on our constitution, depending on even, you know, genetic predisposed to certain things, diseases, whatever that's what will happen. So for some people, it will cause weight gain. For some people, it'll cause depression. For some people, it will cause just low energy, lethargy. So it's different for everyone. But Ayurveda looks at, you know, all of these issues as coming from the same problem, which is ama, which is toxins in the body. And this is a result of poor digestion. So one of the things that Ayurveda is really, really specializes in and is in strong digestion. It is in really understanding how digestion works and optimizing digestion. And so it's really honoring our own digestive capacity because, and I, Western science also recognizes that. And now that all, you know, most diseases begin in the gut and begin with the digestive system. So when you have good digestion, you're healthy. Right, right. So, so one of the first things is just having your main meal and having like a, a meal where you actually sit down and it's not on the go and you're not rushing around. <laughs> that no one listening can relate to. <laughs> right, exactly. Just sit down and, and yeah. have a calm, peaceful breakfast. Right. Give yourself some time. <laughs> yeah, I know. Exactly. And it's not what people in our culture are doing at all. It's like eating on the go kind of snacking all day long, eating little things here and there. And then at the end of the day, sitting down for a big meal. Right, right. So yes, so the hours between 10 and 2 are governed by pitta. And it goes around twice. So there's the daytime pitta cycle, and then there's the nighttime pitta cycle. And so the nighttime pitta cycle is doing like a deeper digestion, which would be more like house cleaning, detoxification, and this is when hormones get balanced. This is when the pituitary gland excretes human growth hormone. This is when our brains get cleaned. This is when, you know, our livers get detoxified. There's so many really important things that happen during these nighttime hours of 10 and 2. However, it doesn't happen as effectively if we're trying to digest food. So if we've loaded like a really heavy late dinner on our system, it just can't do that deeper housework. So basically, we have all this stuff that's not getting digested, it's not getting processed, it's not getting detoxified, and we're taking it into the next day, and the next day, and the next day, and then it just accumulates over time. And so Ayurveda sees this accumulation of these toxins as the cause of all disease. So it's like having an earlier, lighter dinner is one way that we can just a really simple thing that we can start to do simple but not so easy again right. if we're not doing it right. to just start to allow our bodies to just not put so much pressure on our bodies and so much asking our bodies to do 
what it's really just not capable of doing at that time of day. And then once we have that earlier, lighter dinner, then really winding down at the end of the day, because the hours between six and 10 at night are governed by earth and water. And so earth and water are the heaviest. And when we're attuned to these energies, we actually can feel ourselves getting tired. But you know, many of us are just, again, in this cycle, we just never slow down or <laughs> just always go, go, go. And we're even, you know, at night trying to catch up on a little bit of work. I mean, that's what I was doing. I was, mm-hmm. that's, you know, the kids go to bed. That's when I'll just hop on my computer and just check my email and finish this last thing. And we're on screens, which is that that's, you know, disrupting our you know secretion of melatonin, which helps us sleep. And so... Yeah, and then you really want to be asleep by 10 so that all that stuff that happens between 10 and 2 can happen. When you say 10 o'clock, like that's my goal and I'm pretty good about it. Yeah, good. But I know that for a lot of parents, and especially as your kids get a little older and they're up a little later, and we've seen this even in my son's bedtime shifting from like 7 to 7.30 and now he's like more like 7.30 to 8. Yeah, it's amazing how much that shifts the grown-up bedtime because you do want mm-hmm. that little bit of downtime. And yeah. even if you're fully relaxing, you still want that time. So oh, totally. we don't really run around and do stuff at our house. We like very lazy after Vinny goes to bed. Yeah. But I will say we're yeah. usually watching TV. So, yeah. <laughs> but, um, so <laughs> Which is not... fine. I mean, it's like, you know, you don't have to never watch TV. Right. But it's, yeah. So we're not like running around doing work, but we also are yeah. like sitting, meditating and like lighting candles right. and being as probably yeah. yogic as we could be. But yeah. I will say that I know it is really, really hard to start shifting. If you get in the habit of staying up to like 11, 12, 1, mm-hmm. shifting that back can be extremely challenging. Yeah. And you really train your body to not go to sleep until later. So yeah. one of the, yeah. and I have a lifelong issue with sleep. So one yeah. of the pieces of advice that was given to me was never moving bedtime by more than 15 minutes at a time over like a two week period. So I just wanted to mention that for people who are hearing this and feeling panicked, if you (laughs) want to make 10 o'clock a goal, don't go from like midnight to 10 in one week, start to just taper back a little bit at a time with kind of like little mini goals along the way. And that, that will make a really big difference. That's exactly how I teach it. 15 minute increments. Nice. Yeah. Because people will understand this and they'll, they have this ideal and then people want to just skip all the way to that and like go from wherever they are to the ideal. And it just does not work that way. Like our bodies don't change that quickly. Right. Right. And then we can't do it and then we feel frustrated and yeah. Right. And if you go to bed two hours earlier than you are used to going to bed, your body is going to be like, what are we even doing? Like you're yeah, going to be laying there wide awake. awake. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I know. And then it's, it defeats the purpose completely. Yeah, I agree. So yeah. And and again, it's like starting with just even noticing your body getting tired and starting to just really be attuned to your body. And that's one of the beautiful things that I love about yoga and Ayurveda is it teaches you to be more attuned to your body and to trust your body and to really, we're so used to disregarding our body's needs, mm-hmm. especially as moms. Yes, I, would I was say. just going to say, especially <laughs> as moms. It's amazing <laughs> how much you can override your body's signals in motherhood. Yes. It's, oh my it's gosh. been like, that's probably yeah. been one of the most shocking things in motherhood to me. Yeah. Yeah. Because we kind of have to in the beginning, yeah, right? Totally. Like when we're in those first year, when we're breastfeeding and when we're waking up and all, you know, yeah. all hours of the night and it's like, yeah, we're really tired, but we can't sleep when we need to. And we can't, you know, it's all about our kids. So right, we have to learn how to do that again. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. Talk about self-care and how self-care habits actually create time for moms, because this is something I actually was just last night. I'm running in the middle of a little mastermind group for some of our listeners. And Mm -hmm. we were talking about self-care specific to summertime. And one of the things I touched on was that often we have this misconception that like self-care is adding another thing to our plate. And so like, Oh great. Like I have to do now I have to take care of myself more. And (laughs) that's just like, so I have to exercise and like go buy healthy food and go get a massage. Like that just seems like more chores rather than feeling like really supportive of my relaxation. So talk a little bit about how encourage women to, and moms to implement self-care and how that actually creates time rather than feeling like more just added additions to the task list. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Cause yeah, I talk to, to moms all the time and it's, you know, I ask them what's their biggest challenge with self-care and it's always time. 
there's not enough time. Once I've taken care of everyone else, there's no time left for me. And the thing is that although, yes, self-care does take time, what I found is that once I started you know, implementing self-care, I completely changed the way I used time. I just stopped wasting as much time because I was more intentional and more on purpose. And the things that we do in self-care actually do create time. For example, exercise. And exercise has been shown to be as effective as Ritalin. So when we exercise, we're more focused, we're more alert, we're more productive, we can get more done in less time. So you know, when we have that energy, we can actually, you know, the things don't take as long. Like if you've ever tried to do something when you're tired or groggy or foggy brain, things just take so much longer. So something as simple as exercise allows us actually to get more done in less time. So it makes up, it more than makes up for the time spent exercising. Totally. I definitely agree. And I'm an early morning exerciser and I totally yeah, agree with, that, with you. Yeah. Like I'm so slow in my start to the day if I don't exercise. Yeah. Yeah. And that's where and I, all day long. Yeah. Yeah. It's like the sluggish, like, oh, what should I do now? Hmm. I guess yeah. I'll do this thing rather than being yeah. like hyper-focused almost. I'm like, okay, I got to do this and then got to do this and like exactly. just moving down the list. So. Yeah. No, I agree. And the thing is that you... We also have this idea that we have to exercise for an hour or I honestly, I exercise between 15 and 30 minutes every day. And that's some days, you know, some days I will like do a yoga class that's an hour and 15 minutes, but that's only two or three times a week. And the rest of the time, it's amazing how much you can get out of a short workout Totally, and how effective it really is in changing your mood and your focus and your energy for the whole day. Yeah, so. yeah, definitely. And I would even say that. So I used to do a lot of hot yoga. And I actually mm-hmm. I almost got certified. I was have enjoyed reading your bio because I almost got certified in Bikram yoga years and years oh, ago. Really? And now I'm glad I didn't because, <laughs> because he hasn't had the best PR in the last few years. No, but no. Um, yeah. that said, I always thought that yoga had to be well, I mean, and I also thought before I became a personal trainer, I thought that like exercise had to be this very, like it has to be at least an hour for it to count. And right. I thought yoga had to be an hour and a half class and right. like hot yoga was what counted the most and all yeah. these things. And I started doing about a year ago, I started just once a week doing 30 minutes of yoga and yeah. it is amazing. Oh, and totally. I've noticed such a difference. And I will say that I don't even do it so much for the mental health aspect of it as just for to kind of undo some of the damage I do in higher intensity exercise. But mm-hmm. I notice such a difference when I don't do it. And I actually recently didn't do it for like three weeks just because of random things. And I didn't even notice it had been that long. And all of yeah. a sudden I was like, why are all these things like aching? And yeah. I was like waking up with like new aches and pains. And I was like, oh my gosh, it's because I haven't done. So just the one 30 minute session of yoga, yeah. just to touch on that specifically, makes such a big difference. So I totally agree with you that any kind of exercise for short periods of time is really great. And when you think about yoga, I know often we do think because classes tend to be 60 yeah. to 90 minutes, we think that mm-hmm. that is how long it needs to be. And it doesn't need to be that long. No, not at all. I mean, there are actually, there's more and more studies coming out that actually, you know, short bursts of intense exercise and even just, you know, short exercise segments in general mm-hmm. are as effective, sometimes even more than yeah. kind of a longer longer sessions. So, which is great news for moms that don't have a lot of time. (laughs) Right. Right. Yes. So there's no excuse really. There's like a seven minute workout that I often give my moms. And I don't know if you've heard of the New York times put out the scientifically, you know, that scientific seven minute workout. Did you ever hear about that? Yes. Yes. I saw it. Yeah. And it's great. It is. And I will, I haven't looked at it for quite a while, but I will link to that in the show notes because I remember looking at it and I think I actually sent it to a bunch of my clients when it came out as like a, here's a great travel workout. Yeah. So I will link to that in the show notes for people who are curious about that. Yeah. Cause it's really, you know, and that's the thing. It's like, we have this perfectionism idea that if I can't do it perfectly, then it's not worth doing at all, which is just it's just a way that we sabotage ourselves and it's just a way that we actually procrastinate and Mm -hmm. it's resistance coming up. So, you know, even short seven minutes, 15 minutes, whatever you can fit in is is better than nothing. Right. I recently heard something about that excuses are lies that we tell ourselves that no one else believes. So I love when you're like, when you say like, oh, I don't have time for this or, you know, I don't have an hour, so there's no point or like those kinds of things. Like if you were to say that to someone else, they would tell you you're wrong. But we tell that to ourselves all the time and believe it. 
Yeah, I know. It's so true. Yeah. And then another thing is meditation. And they've also, I mean, there's so many studies on meditation now showing that when we meditate, we're more focused, we're more clear and more productive as a result of that. And because we're more mindful when we meditate, we actually make less mistakes. So we're not having to kind of redo things and you know, we're not as, even like as clumsy. <laughs> and so we just have more grace and ease and fluidity in our day that allows things to just flow better. So meditation is another, again, it's like people think, oh, I don't have time to meditate. Again, it can be five minutes. Five minutes is amazing. 10 minutes, whatever you have time for. Even one minute meditations are great to do and they can just be kind of dispersed throughout your day. Right, right. What are the best ways you, for moms to integrate more self-care into their daily life? Do you have like specific routines or practices that you have your clients integrate? So one of kind of my signature course is an 11 week course where we really go through the 10 foundational habits of Ayurveda, of yoga, but really honestly of thriving health that now Western medicine is totally backing up all of it. And we just take things you know, one little step at a time and making just these little changes. And just like you mentioned with the sleep, moving things you know, by 15 minutes at a time. And again, this goes so against our tendency to want to you know, go all the way or do it perfectly or it's not worth doing at all. But to actually, that's probably one of the things that people get out of you know, the style that I teach the most is just being okay with these little 1% improvements mm-hmm. and the compound effect of these baby steps taken over time end up, you know, having huge results and making a huge impact. So it's a whole bunch of little things. It's like, how can you just start to actually have a real lunch? (laughs) Start with that. (laughs) (laughs) So for me, it's, you know, I make dinner, I make enough dinner so that I make sure that I have leftovers for lunch the next day. So I don't have to cook at lunch. I just have lunch ready available. And then how can you just start to get more organized so that, you know, your dinner time isn't such a mad rush and then allowing you to then relax a little bit after dinner and then starting to be more mindful about when you're going to sleep and taking time for yourself and taking time to relax and just all these little things that we can do just in these little increments. And again, maybe just working out for 10 minutes and meditating for five and slowly though it's really about slowly doing these little things and I think we all know like you know if we just think of gosh what do I really want to do like what self-care am I really craving that I'm just not giving myself and then how can I even just start to do that in the smallest way right and just start to change in that way and just little baby steps It makes such a difference. And I know that when you tell someone like, oh, here's 10 foundational habits that you can implement, like that sounds like so much and we're, it's easy to quickly, we almost like immediately shut down because you're like, I don't have time to do 10 more things. Right. No. But I love it when you say, let's look at like focusing on one thing and doing it 1% better Yeah. so that you make it so small. And I think that that's really how habits stick and change. And it's interesting with my gym, I do transformation programs. And I have people do a whole bunch of habit change at one time. And Mm -hmm. some people love it and they love this full immersion and that's really exciting to them. Other people just completely flip out about the whole thing. So I've gotten really careful about like, I'm going to give you a lot of ideas here. And if this is all new to you, I want you to pick like two things to work on for the next two weeks. And those of you who are familiar with some of this, you can pick more things or like go deeper with some of these things, but it really depends on where you're coming from. So if you're coming from a place where you have like zero health self-care routine, then that's going to look a lot different than someone who already is working out and meditating and what they might be adding in and how they might be making shifts and changes and agree with what you said about being really okay with wherever you're at and just practicing being okay with where you're at on any given day. Exactly. Yeah, so true. This episode is supported by a podcast I want to share with you called Understood Explains. So this show is about navigating ADHD, dyslexia, and other learning and thinking differences, which can be so confusing. And so every uh, season of the show is 
around a different theme. So there's a season on special education, there's a season on ADHD diagnosis for adults, and the current season is all about IEPs. I love this podcast because the episodes are 10 to 15 minutes long. So if you are short on time or short on focus, you can take this content in super quickly, easily. It's very digestible. And the show is hosted by teacher and special education expert, Juliana Utube. So Juliana talks all about how to navigate educational plans, IEPs. She talks about the differences between IEPs and 504 plans. She really breaks things down in a really clear and simple way so that you have some of those questions that you might be thinking around, like, does this pertain to my child? Is this something I need to be looking into? Like, where do we go from here? Where do I go if I have questions? Juliana has you covered. She explains so many different things and so many different little pieces and nuance of IEPs and special education and different things on Understood Explains. So I want you to go check it out wherever you're listening to this podcast. You can go listen to Understood Explains. Just go into your podcast app, do a search for Understood Explains, and it will pop right up. Click on it, pick your episode, and get the answers that you've been looking for and the support that you need around different learning differences and differences in school. Are you overwhelmed by the things that get in the way of you doing what you want to do? Are you looking for ways to simplify life to better align with your values? Do you want to create space in your schedule so you have room for more of the good stuff? Play, joy, relationships, gratitude, and more? If you answered yes to any of these questions, I invite you to check out Edit Your Life, a podcast to help you edit the unnecessary from your life so you have more room to enjoy the awesome. Through episodes with me, Christine Ko, and a range of super smart, compassionate, and thoughtful guests, you'll come away with big picture insights and practical ways to declutter your home, schedule, and mental space without getting bogged down by perfection. I have always believed that small moments and actions matter tremendously. My goal is to help you find agency and space in your life through doable baby steps that will leave you feeling accomplished instead of overwhelmed. Check out Edit Your Life wherever you enjoy your podcasts. And and everyone's different. And again, this could be related to your constitution. Some people can change in an instant. Like when, you know, with pittas, they're often really good about you know, give them something to follow and they will follow it to a T. And then kafas, you know, kafas are a little bit slower and they're slower integrators. And that's totally fine. It's honoring like how your pace of change and what's really possible for you and your circle, your life circumstances too. I mean, we all have different things going on in our lives and different you know, work commitments and life commitments that we have to work around. So, yeah. I was laughing when you said some people are really good at implementing new routines and following it to a T because yeah. I've adopted this new skincare routine, which is very new and fancy for me. Nice. But it's funny that like when I started looking at it, there's kind of a schedule to follow with it. So I was like, well, I have to like wait until I can follow it exactly. Like right. I can't start it on a two. Like I got all the stuff on like a Wednesday and I was like, well, I can't yeah. start it on a Wednesday. Like I have to start it on a Monday. And I was yeah. very particular. And then I also was like, okay, this is gonna be multiple steps. Like once I do this one time, I will probably do this like every day for the rest of my life. Like once I start a routine, I cannot (laughs) stop it. So it's really interesting. Some people just wired that way and other people, it's like, and the same with vitamins. It's like to get me to start a vitamin routine takes a lot. Once I start it, I will do it like every day for, you know, a thousand and 13 days straight. So yeah, that's definitely not, I would say, you know, the norm. (laughs) Yeah, I'm weird. <laughs> but I mean, but uh, yeah, but there are, you know, those with a lot of pita, they can do that. And then there's the vatas that totally resist routine and that you can't get them to stick to anything for more than a day. And then the kafas are just a little bit slower to change, but then they, they're pretty good once they get in a routine. So yeah, it is so individual. So it's really, again, once you kind of know your tendencies, you kind of know what's your way. And so when you work with people in your courses, so you identify your dosha and then based on that, you can look at how to implement habit change? Knowing your dosha is just really helpful so that you know what your tendencies are and what you need to do to balance out. But what I teach is basically universal rhythms of, again, like when everyone as a human needs to eat during the day, you know, in the middle of the day. And we all as you know, diurnal creatures need to sleep from 10 to 6 or around there. And so it's the habits that I teach. But then there's some, you know, for example, exercise. So hot yoga is actually not the best thing for pittas because they have so much fire. So <laughs> it's adding fire to the fire. What is the risk of adding fire to the fire? Well, I mean, like, for example, 
inflammation. Oh, so too much fire can okay. is like a pitta physical disease would be an inflammation related. So, you know, maybe autoimmune eventually or something like that. Or it could just start with like just being more short tempered and angry. <laughs> <laughs> and then maybe along, you know, down the road, it could end up being something bigger, like an autoimmune disease or okay. some, more, some other inflammation related disease. So yeah, Oh, interesting. So do you tell people then people know their dosha, they can know like, okay, we're going to start working on some new habits. And if you have this tendency or this dosha, yeah. this, it's just helpful to know that like this yeah. might be more of a challenge for you, or you might have a harder time getting into a rhythm with it, which is empowering exactly. to, you know, to, it is. to yeah. not just feel like, oh, I'm failing. It can be more like, no, this is just kind of how I am that it's going to take me a little longer than maybe the another person in the group. Exactly, because we do tend to compare ourselves with other people, and it does give you permission to just go at your own pace and right. do things your way. Right. Yeah. Let's bounce back to sleep a little bit more. And I know that we talked about sleep being important, and I think that people have said this in other episodes. I think that sleep is going to be, I mean, it's already, there's a lot of research coming out on the long term health ramifications of poor sleep and inadequate sleep. Um, and I think yeah. it's going to be a really hot topic and going to really kind of climb the charts, so to speak, in terms yeah. of the serious health risk factor right up there mm -hmm. with like cancer and smoking and diabetes and all these other things. And so we're starting to see this already, and I think it's going to get way more severe. I, so, yep. can you talk a little bit about the ramifications of inadequate sleep? from kind of with your perspective in Ayurveda. I totally agree with everything that you just said. And what's awesome is that there is so much more awareness about it now. Like it used to be the status symbol of like, oh, I don't need a lot of sleep. And oh, I hardly got any sleep last night. But now, you know, there's all these books that have come out about, you know, like Arianna Huffington wrote her book and the sleep revolution. And so there is, you know, I think people are starting to actually prioritize it. Well, hopefully, I'm hoping. <laughs> I don't know if they are <laughs> Me yet. Too. But, you know, I think, it, like you said, it should be going in that direction. Because it's really, I think, one of the biggest contributors to so many different things. And I mean, it's really, there's just, you, you name it, sleep can, I mean, there's like a laundry list of issues and diseases that are a result of inadequate sleep. So I, you know, I don't even need to really go there, but basically it's, again, it's, it's respecting how energy works during the day and starting, I taught many people that had insomnia like their whole lives. And once they just started to live in this rhythm of you know, attuning to the cycles of the sun and the moon, within a few weeks, their insomnia was gone and they are sleeping through the night. I mean, this is like after a lifetime of wow. insomnia of just making just honestly simple things like eating your main meal at lunch having an earlier, lighter dinner and starting to wind down and being in bed by 10, like simple things like that. And then, you know, waking up, you know, around six or earlier and then doing, you know, exercising in the morning. And there's all these things that contribute. Actually, I have a mini course. It's 21 days to epic sleep that really goes through 21 different sleep tips and how to slowly, again, in small increments and when percent improvements start to make these little changes that have just a huge impact. I mean, I never struggled to sleep until I had kids. And then obviously, when they were young, I couldn't sleep. But then once they were able to sleep through the night, it's like my body forgot how to sleep. And it was really frustrating. I struggled with insomnia for several years. And so I found for me, like changing my diet, like actually, when I took sugar out of my diet, most sugar, that helped a lot. And adhering to these habits of really honoring the cycles of the day. And it's circadian science, which now, again, there's a lot more research on that too, and really backing up what Ayurveda has been talking about for thousands of years. We're finally getting better science on science that has existed for longer right. than what we consider <laughs> yeah. science. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it's what I love it about Ayurveda is once you kind of understand the principle, it's very intuitive and it's yeah, it sounds like very it. common sense. It's just like Ayurveda. There's a teacher that calls it Ayurveda because it's like, duh, no, <laughs> of course. <laughs> Obviously. Yeah, it makes sense. So, but we're so disconnected from the cycles of the earth. And because, you know, of all of technology and we can, you know, have lights on all day long and eat whenever we want. And basically we have total freedom of our behaviors, unlike, you know, our ancestors. So it just gets us into trouble. <laughs> it totally does. Yeah. And it's really, I mean, in Ayurveda, there's three causes of disease. The one is living out of rhythm. Another part of the rhythm is 
and which also really is connected to sleep is that there's a pulsation. So we should move between action or being active and rest and relaxation and pulse between those two. And the thing is like, we're always either on or we're just kind of zoned out and we're not, you know, there's there are people that are totally inactive and then there's the people that are overly active, but we really need to pulsate between the two. So understanding there's time for action, there's time that energy should go up and then there's time that energy should go down and being able to move between those two ends of the spectrum with a kind of rhythm. I've noticed in, as I age that my energy in the evening, definitely I feel it. Sh I'm much more aware of my energy shifting. And I think maybe it's just because mm -hmm. parenting is exhausting. Yeah, <laughs> I feel yeah. a lot more tired in the evening. Yeah, But I notice yeah. if I go out to dinner and even if I get home at a reasonable time, like I'll go out to dinner and it's okay if I'm just with one person, it's not as bad. But if I'm with like two or more people, if I try to come home at like 9, 9.30 and get into bed and lights out at 10, I'm often awake for a couple hours yeah, and yep, it's that, totally. that stimulation of being around yep. multiple people. It's really challenging to come so down true. from. And that's been a shift definitely in the last few years. And I think it's the energy thing that it's, yeah. I'm, I'm like not honoring my body's need to decompress and instead I'm like yeah. fueling so it true. all up. Yeah, I know. I totally know what you mean. And it's funny because the more I, you know, I do this stuff and I do this work and I teach this work and I really try to honor these rhythms. I try to bring my friends along with. So it's like, can we eat really early? Can we eat at five? But, you know, <laughs> it still ends up being, you know, a four hour dinner. And then right. same thing. I come home and I'm totally wired when I'm usually in bed around nine. I fall asleep around 930 ish. I like to just read in bed. But yeah, it's so true. It's like once we start to just pay attention and notice and just even feel without even understanding, you know, what time of the day is the fire or water, but we can feel it in our bodies when yeah. we just start to pay attention. Definitely. Definitely. I want to shift gears a little bit and talk about you building business in motherhood. And so how have you built a business that serves you best as a mom? And then how have you evolved in business and motherhood at the same time? So when we moved to Kelowna, which is was about almost a year after I had my first child, I basically had to start from scratch. And we were struggling because we came here with really nothing. My husband and I, we started, we, we both went to New York City to try to, I was trying to be a dancer. He was trying to be an actor, <laughs> the wow. typical, you know, go to New York oh, to totally. try to make it. Uh, we both ended up waiting tables. <laughs> oh my gosh, and, exactly. This, yeah. You're basically a movie. <laughs> yeah. So we had nothing when we moved here because we had been waiting tables for, you know, a decade. And my husband basically told me, he was like, his brother was married to this woman who does, she's a, like a car insurance salesman. And he's like, you know, she's, that's a good job. Like she makes a lot of money because I was teaching yoga and not making a lot of money at all. <laughs> <laughs> making no money. He's like, maybe you should do that. And I was just kind of dumbfounded because I'm so not like someone that would do that and there's nothing wrong with that job. It's right. just... But just from here, from knowing you for almost 60 minutes now, like that does not seem an appropriate no, suggestion. No, not at all. And so he was basically giving me an ultimatum, like you need to make more money. <laughs> oh my gosh. So I was determined. I was like, I'm going to make it work. Like I want to do what I want to do for my career. I'm not going to settle. I'm not going to just pick a job just to pay the bills. Like I really won't do it. And so I was determined. I started to, I worked, I had a friend who was in marketing and I talked to her and I was like, okay, how can I actually make a viable business out of yoga? Because <laughs> it's not, you know, it's not exactly the biggest money maker. And that's not why obviously yoga teachers teach. Right, right. <laughs> so I started just trying to teach workshops and teach more classes. And I was really burning out by doing, I was working way too much. And then I met my Ayurvedic teacher and I took her course. And then she's also, she teaches a lot of business courses. And I started to learn from her and created a whole new model, basically, of teaching courses, like transformative courses, because really a few people have said this that I've, I've read over the years that your income is based on like the, what you provide and the transformation that you can offer someone. And the bigger the problem that you solve, the, the more you should be compensated. Yeah. So it was really when I started to shift into 
this coaching, yoga health coaching that I was able to create a really sustainable, viable business. And what's awesome is that I work on my own schedule. I'm able to work from home. I work, you know, maybe 25 hours a week and I love it. It's my passion. And I'm so grateful that I can do what I love. And I I really do though, believe that we all can, but there's, that's some people might think that that's a kind of a pipe dream. Like my husband, he's like, no, not everyone can do. (laughs) And part of me being able to do what I want is because he's doing the family business. So that allowed me to do that. So I do understand that. But I do think that if you're really serious and if you there's something that you really want to do that, it's possible. Yeah, it is possible. It can take some time and it can definitely... Yeah. I think that there's like, there's definitely some discomfort and oh, yeah. like Tons. some scariness that can come oh, with yeah, all of it. For sure. But I totally agree with you that it's possible. But it's very... The fear around it is very different when you are responsible for a family versus doing it on your own. So like when I first got into personal training, I was a single person living with roommates. And I was like, there's not a lot of risk here. Right. This goes south. It's a lot different that, you know, once you have a family and I actually have talked to friends, a family friend of mine was going to leave his work. I'm working with a bank and start personal training. And he had two kids and a third on the way. And I was like, um, Mm, well, yeah, I was like, I don't want to tell you not to do it, but also (laughs) that's a little risky. Like you have this great job with benefits that you've had for a long time. You've worked your way up. So, but yeah, I mean, I think that you have to look at, there's kind of a cost benefit risk analysis that has to be done, but yeah. And I I think, think yeah, I agree. And I think that it's like, don't quit your day job until what you're doing is actually making money and is a business. (laughs) So that's, and I firmly believe in transitions where you're like working your way out of one thing while you work your way into something else. And that's definitely something, especially for someone like me who likes predictable, stable environments. That's been something that I've always been really conscious of as I've started one venture. I'm always like still keeping my foot in the door of like the thing that's feeding me (laughs) and then until I can let it go. No, it's like we have to be responsible. Right. Totally. Yeah. I agree. It requires that we're willing to step out of the comfort zone. And it is totally terrifying to put yourself out there and to create your own you know, job, basically, which is what yeah. I did. Yeah. So one of the pieces of advice that was given to me is by a business coach early on, which was a huge question. But he was like, what do you want to talk about every day for the rest of your life? And yeah. that took some time to think about that. But I think that if you anyone that can answer that question can start to work towards something they really love and that can serve them indefinitely. Yeah, I think that's a yeah. good starting point. It also really rules out a lot of things where you're like, oh, I guess I could sell insurance to get a good paycheck. But oh, my gosh, if I had to talk about insurance every day for even three oh my months, gosh. I would no. die. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. And I think, you know, I don't think everyone actually wants to create their own thing. I don't think everyone right. has that entrepreneurial totally, gene. Like, totally. I think it's there's only, you know, I would say it's a minority of people, yes. which is yeah. good because like the world wouldn't run if we all were trying to create our own little thing. Totally. No, my husband left his entrepreneurial journey after 17 years to go back and work for someone else. And it's been amazing. Like it's exactly what he needed because like he liked being his own boss, but there was, mm-hmm. he wasn't big into being an entrepreneur. Whereas mm-hmm. I really love being an entrepreneur. Like there's a yeah. I'm super empowered by that. And he was, mm-hmm. that wasn't his, his jam. So yeah, I definitely, I agree that it can, it's, there's certain personalities that are more open and receptive and uh, where it just clicks a little bit better. So we're going to wrap here in just a minute. I want to know before we wrap, in what ways are you a shameless mom? I really prioritize my self-care and it's a non-negotiable for me. And that has been a big change for me because it wasn't always the case. So I'm shameless in my self-care and making sure that, you know, I fill my own cup first because I know, you know, we all know that self-care isn't selfish and that we need to have our own needs met before we can really be there for our kids and our families. Definitely. I definitely agree. Okay. So before we do our quick little shameless mommy minute, our lightning round, tell us where we can find you and specifically tell us about your upcoming retreat because everyone's (laughs) going to want to go. Yes. And you should come because it's going to be amazing. Yeah. I'm leading a retreat in Bali on October 25th to November 1st. And it's going to be amazing. It's so, it's one of my favorite places. I've been there several times and I'm really, really excited about it. And then, yeah, my website, you can find me. It's www.danaskoglund.com. Just my name. 
And yeah, that's I've got a whole bunch of different offerings on there. I have a blog where I talk about this stuff. So if you want to learn more about Ayurveda and yoga and healthy living and daily habits and how to actually create sustainable habits, I write a lot about that. Awesome. And yeah. Yep. Perfect. My dog is about to lose her mind. I think the mailman Aww. just came. So we'll, we'll just all ignore the barking. If it is, I think it's about to start. She just ran out of my office growling. Okay. So, um, so it'll be like our background music as we awesome. get here. Yeah. Sounds good. So yes, everyone head over to Donna's site. I'll have that linked up in the show notes and you can check out all of her courses and her blog over there for free content. And then definitely check out the Bali retreat. It looks really, really cool. I was telling her I wish I could go because it looks so amazing. Yeah. And I also have, I just wanted to mention yeah. really quick, a morning routine webinar, which is oh. awesome. It's a free webinar. So if it's my name slash morning nice. uh, or my website slash morning. Okay. So you can check that out if you want to and I, I give a little bit of the breakdown of the, the energy cycles of the day so that you can, you know, if you didn't kind of grasp it in our little chat today, you can watch it again. I will put links specifically to that as well, because morning routines are something I talk about frequently on the show. And it's also something that comes up all the time in my mastermind groups where moms are talking mm. about wanting to really be more conscious of that. So I will make sure that that link is in the show notes as well. Awesome. All right. So here we go. Lightning round. What is your favorite way to treat yourself? Massage. Nice. <laughs> What is the current book that you're reading or the last one you read? The Tapping Solution. Oh, we've had someone else talk about tapping on the show. Yeah. Very cool. Yes. Yeah. And I'm, I think I'm they maybe specifically obsessed. mentioned that book. Yeah, it's great. I'm totally, it's my new thing. I'm, so, I'm totally obsessed with it. Okay. Those of you interested in tapping, go check out The Tapping Solution. I've heard really amazing things. Uh, what is one yeah. morning ritual you can't live without? Exercise. Nice. Who is your biggest inspiration? My teacher, Kate Stillman. Oh, so cool. If you could give all moms one superpower, what would it be and why? I would say the guilt-free self-care. Like giving themselves permission to have guilt-free self-care. Because awesome. I really think that we that is a superpower. Yeah. Unapologetic self-care. Not like, yes. honey, I'm sorry. Do you mind if I go to yoga or do you mind if I go to the gym or do you mind if I do this? Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. I love it. Donna, thank you so much. This has been so helpful. And I feel like I learned, I learned so much about me and my yeah, own dosha, awesome. <laughs> but this has been a really fun conversation and a really yes. helpful and interesting conversation. So I know that it'll be really helpful to a lot of our moms. I will make sure that we have all the links linked up in the show notes and please come back when you have more things to offer. I would love to. Thanks for having me. Talk it was again. a blast. Okay. We will talk to you soon. Thank you so much for spending time with Donna and me in the Shameless Mom Academy today. I always appreciate you being here. Remember any links mentioned in this episode and any means of reaching out and finding Donna on social media and on her website and everything can all be found over at the show notes for this episode. So if you go to shamelessmom.com and click on episode 154, you will find everything over there. If this is your first time listening to the show, please know we do release new episodes every Monday and Wednesday. So please go to shamelessmom.com forward slash review and you can subscribe to the show. You can leave a review of the show leaving reviews helps me tremendously in knowing what you love and what you want more of. And also when you subscribe to the show, you never miss an episode. So when you subscribe, you click that little subscribe button over at shamelessmom.com forward slash review, and you automatically get every episode as soon as it's released. So thank you for spending time with us today. I can't wait to be back here in just a few more days to have more shameless time with you. And until then, no matter what you do today, make sure you do it shamelessly. Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book, Differently Wired. The mission of Tilt is to change the way neurodivergence, whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above, is perceived and experienced so differently wired kids and the parents like us raising them can truly thrive. On the Tilt Parenting Podcast, I get to talk with authors, therapists, educators, and parenting experts who are committed to this mission. I ask the questions my listeners are most curious about when it comes to supporting our kids. And in turn, my guests share strategies for challenges, out-of-the-box ideas for navigating school, best practices for therapies, tips for advocating, and so many thoughtful insights on what it really takes to help our kids grow up feeling seen and respected so they can create awesome lives for themselves. I know that raising a differently wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, you are not alone and it can feel so much better. 
If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy.